Hey everyone, this is Cece. And this is Claire. And welcome back to our afternoon tea edition of series 5 of our podcast, Sendition. Today we have a special guest with us. Um, his name is Jesse, and he is on call with us right now. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Jesse Rosales. Uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, uh, could you please give us a little background on what you do currently? Yeah, definitely. So, I, um, broadly speaking, I work in higher education. Uh, but specifically, I work at UC Berkeley as a college advisor. So, pretty much, I talk to students every day and, uh, and interact with my colleagues, um, whether that be working on projects or consulting with them with uh, student concerns. That's pretty cool. Um, so how did you get into that field? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, it was not a straight pathway. I was definitely, there's some turns and curves to getting to where I'm at right now um, in college. Uh, I went to UC San Diego and I uh, majored in uh, psychology and human development and um, and me just being really involved in college, uh, I really wanted to, you know, uh, work in uh, the university setting, but I didn't really know what, you know, uh, field that might have been. So I technically wanted to work in education, but didn't know where exactly uh, in the first place. I spoke with a career counselor and she pretty much uh, told me, hey, um, have you considered working at a university in student affairs? And from that moment on, I decided to, you know, uh, immerse myself in student affairs and working with students and uh, working at a university. Okay. So how did your experiences with like talking to the career counselor and I guess your experiences in college, how did that decide your career or help you decide your career? Yeah, uh, yeah, speaking with the career counselor initially uh, definitely put me on a trajectory forward uh, because before that I was really sure what uh, what I wanted to do in life um, because before that I was just, you know, taking classes, uh, being involved in college, I was in student government, I was part of organizations and clubs, but didn't really know what to do. It was around that time where I um, uh, was thinking of pre-med, but I kind of <laughs> didn't do well in <laughs> chemistry. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, uh, I kind of had like a, kind of like a, a crisis, <laughs> a academic crisis in my mind. Like, I don't know what to do and all that stuff. So talking to the career counselor who later then began where I kind of met with her consistently because she became my mentor. Uh, she got connected with everyone on campus. So I think that was the pivotal moment for me because she was really invested in my story, invested in my growth and got me connected to other mentors on campus. I see. Um, you majored in psychology and human development at the very end, right? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned um how does like your experience in majoring those help you in your career today or impact your career in student affairs yeah definitely maybe i should share what my majors were in the past uh because uh, uh there's a stereotype where students think they you know have to major something like 
immediately and they have to stick with that major but that's definitely not true for all cases um i've worked with students all the time where they're undeclared and they major in x but in the end they major in y so for me um even though I decided to major in psychology and human development, I started off actually in biochemistry and cell biology. Then that didn't work out for me. I switched to cognitive science, did that for a few quarters, and didn't work for me. And I switched to communications. I uh, liked it, but then like the reading, reading mm-hmm. you know, 200 pages per week, then decided on you know psychology and human development uh, because I was interested in, you know, um, uh, you know the, the like the study of behavior and study of uh, of the mind and all that stuff. So this is and it was a little bit more of a practical major for me because in the in the field that I'm in that in right now, um, um, psychology is definitely something you know I need to know uh, like emotional intelligence, how to speak with people, and all that stuff. Uh, I, but I think. Uh, there's a misconception of a major helping out with the career. While it's true with some of the majors, but a lot of the important thing to consider is um, uh, your experiences outside the classroom. So it's not only my major that helped me out with the uh, career that I'm in right now. It's also the connections that I made in college, the experiences that I did, whether it's you know being part of student government or um, um, being part of research, so all those extracurricular activities definitely helped me out. Okay, oh. I see. You seem to be pretty involved in um, campus life, I guess, in college life. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to address the misconception that um, majors have to, like, you know, help you with your career. Because I feel like everyone's like, oh, well, I want to major in this, and then I have to go through with that in my career path. So that's interesting. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of people um, sometimes are afraid to switch majors because they're so, they were really invested in their first year or two in taking classes that they want to stick it, stick with it. But in the end of the day, uh, students should major in something that they're, you know, really interested in and something that they really like. Because if you're majoring in something that you don't like, you're going to have, like, a bad time yeah, <laughs> uh, as a college student, definitely. Mm-hmm. So besides your experiences in college and, yeah, college life, how, um, what was your path to your current job? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so after UC San Diego, uh, I went directly to UCLA to get my master's in education, specifically in student affairs. It was a one-year uh, accelerated program, so uh, I pretty much when I entered UCLA, I kind of had to hit the ground running, did summer classes, did internships, and, and was a full-time student. Uh, so after uh, obtaining the master's degree, I immediately you know, tried to look for a job um, after graduation. Uh, I think it took me like a month or two to find a job, uh, but it was in Denver, Colorado. Uh, so it was the first time um, traveling outside the state. Well, first time um, working outside the state. So that was also a new adventure for me because uh, my first job was a job in residential life. Essentially, I was a hall director, meaning that I was in charge of some of the dorms or residence halls on campus, and I was 
you know, also responsible for supervising resident assistants, RAs, in order for them to build community with the students who live on campus. Uh, so I did that for two years at uh, Denver. Uh, then I moved back to California uh, to do a similar job at Chico State. Uh, I was also a kind of a hall director type of uh, position. But in that role, I had to do more uh, conduct stuff. So meaning if a student broke housing policy, like if they drank in the dorms or smoked uh, whatever substance, um, uh, they were to be written up and either they have to see me or another colleague and I would, you know, talk to them about their experiences and, and, and their, uh, and it's option for them to let me know what happened. And at the end of the day, I would have to sanction them or not. Um, so that's what I did prior to UC Berkeley. Uh, so I did that for two and a half years at Chico State and now I'm at UC Berkeley for uh, a little over a year now. That's a very <laughs> um, zigzag path <laughs> at this geographically yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely zigzag uh, because uh, I didn't wake up one day like in college. I want to be a hot director. And I <laughs> talk to students who were drunk. <laughs> so it's definitely um, a uh, uh, not, a non traditional path. Uh, student affairs isn't a field that a lot of people know about. Because mm-hmm. uh, usually people would know what a doctor is or what a lawyer is or a firefighter even. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really know about student affairs. So that's why my meeting with my mentor really helped me out uh, discover this field. I see. Um, I wanted to go back into like uh, you working in residential life. Um, I guess before, did you... I'm assuming at UCSD, did you live in the dorms as well like first year right do they yeah yeah definitely i lived uh my first two years in the dorms um uh, my first year was in you know the stereotypical dorms i had a, a single room uh did that for a year then uh, i lived on campus again that second year but i lived uh in the campus apartments so it was kind of like a small apartment. Uh, I lived with three other people. There was like a kitchen, a living room, uh, pretty small, but it was still kind of like a, a good space to be in. Um, so speaking as a student who has gone through like living assignments, I guess, and someone who has worked in dorm life, what do you think are some ups and downs of residency, like uh, specifically to dorms uh, and the life there? Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons. Uh, I think the biggest pro is um, um, building community. So, uh, so if you don't live in the dorms, usually students will be living off campus or with their families if they are close enough to the university, and that presents a challenge for those types of students because they're not in uh, social social circles or not talking to a lot of students as they can be if they live in the dorms or residence halls. Um, so that is one of the perks of living in the residence halls is that community building, um, finding friendships and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> I remember when I was in the, in the residence halls, I would, you know, <clears throat> have study groups uh, with my friends. So it was easy for us to get together and study um in the common lounge or even go to the library 
so it gave us that kind of connection to campus because we felt like we we're connected to campus versus if I lived off campus my first year, I would be kind of disconnected with the campus. Um, but that doesn't mean that a student who lived off campus uh, doesn't build community. It's just it makes it harder for them to um, build community or just a lot, there's a little bit more barriers to do so. Oh, I see. Okay. So I remember you mentioned earlier that after your career and jobs in residency that you decided to find a career in UC Berkeley, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, would you mind elaborating on what you do there right now? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so specifically, I'm a college advisor. So um, there are times where I have to you know, meet with students uh, in appointments. Well, nowadays, these are video appointments. So most of my time are meeting with students uh, via webcam and students can ask me pretty much any question about their academics or even their non-academic stuff. Uh, like, for example, a few days ago, uh, I had a student uh, talk to me about, you know, their course schedule and if the courses that they're picking satisfy certain uh, requirements or I had a student that was recently readmitted back to UC Berkeley and needed more guidance on what that means and what uh, he should take in their uh, fall semester schedule. So I, you know, pretty much talk to students um, most of the time. Uh, and even, you know, even serious stuff too, like if they were dismissed from Berkeley and now they want to come back to Berkeley, I would also talk to those types of students too. Um, I also do um, special projects. So right now I'm training the new college advisors so uh we just hired a few more or two more college advisors so i was in charge to you know build a training schedule for them and making sure that they're you know uh, learning how to be an advisor and all that stuff so it's not just talking to students it's also all this behind the scenes work uh, that students usually don't see Uh, but again i definitely um, uh, my main job is you know having one-on-ones with students that seems like a lot of work. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be, yeah, definitely. It's definitely um, a lot of work now, in a sense, because um, we're working remotely. Uh, so technically, I'm working out of my bedroom uh, versus just um, in regular times where we would ju- I would just come to the office, uh, get myself ready, uh, have a cup of coffee, talk to colleagues, and uh, and and. Uh, and have students come to my office versus now I'm just in my room uh, with a webcam, <laughs> still with coffee, but uh, <laughs> but there's less kind of interaction with my colleagues and kind of an impersonal relationship with students because I'm just now viewing them via webcam versus in person. And that kind of, uh, I would prefer in person because you could see like the nonverbals and you could actually build a connection with students in that way. So. It's kind of harder, but it works. Uh, I think everyone's facing that challenge, too. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, I guess this is more sentimental. but <laughs> if you, um, So if you could describe your job in, I guess, three adjectives instead, like what would it be? Kind of like what you get out of working in student affairs. That's a very good question. Um, I would say three words. Um, 
for me, I mean, it's a phrase that is three words. I would say pay it forward. Uh, and I chose that phrase because uh, I feel like I have to pay it forward because I had such good mentors in college. And without my mentors, I would have, I think, been kind of lost still with my career choices. So I want to be that kind of stepping stone or want to be that guiding voice for students who, you know, are having uh, troubles or concerns about their academics. I want to make sure that I'm, you know, uh, listening to their concerns in an empathetic way, in a compassionate way, because uh, I would I remember that as a student, if I was talking to an administrator or college advisor, I I would feel kind of intimidated because I don't know what I don't know, and 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 this is kind of like an all-knowing advisor that knows everything about academics. So I would want an advisor that is compassionate and patient and could you know decipher academic policies for me so i think for me paying a forward uh in a in a a kindness compassionate way to students i think that's how i would describe uh those three words okay that's pretty good insight um you've had a pretty like big experience when it comes to college even like as a student and in your career in student affairs so in the things that you've seen or experienced what is one of the biggest mistakes college students make when they're choosing their classes yeah um biggest mistake from uh from experiences or just from observations is overloading so students uh so right now uh, i'm reviewing first semester schedules for uh, the new admits uh, coming to Berkeley. And some students, not all of them, uh, think they could take, you know, 20 units in the first semester, meaning there was like five, six classes and, oh and, and more than two technical classes, meaning that they're planning to take more than like uh, two math classes or two STEM classes. Uh, and that's not really advised because the first semester um, is usually used for transition period. So pretty much students are getting used to the college atmosphere and the workload and how to study because how you studied in high school might be different how you studied in uh, how you were studying in Berkeley. So we do advise students not to take a lot of classes their first semester uh, but students sometimes don't listen to us. They think they could, <laughs> could you know, take it on, uh, especially Berkeley students, because these are, you know, really bright students and very, um, uh, they have a lot of, a, a huge work ethic. Uh, but sometimes, but from what we see, uh, students who do take a lot of classes don't do really well in their first semester, uh, just because her classes at Berkeley are way different than classes in high school, like a high school, biology class is way different than a biology class at Berkeley. Um, so that would be one of the bigger mistakes that students would do. Um, I think another mistake uh, or an area of concern would be um, being too engaged with the campus community. So sometimes we get, you know, overachiever students where they think they do everything in their first year or first semester and like, I want to be involved in five clubs and I'm going to do an internship and I'm going to be in research and I'm going to take 20 units 
I think the, just the process of overloading in general is a big mistake in the first semester. But if they, you know, scale it back and take less classes and, and still fill out the university uh, the first year, then they could do whatever they want, I guess, in their second semester or um, second year and moving forward. Um, but we just want to make sure that the student has a strong foundation first, then they could do whatever they need to do to uh, achieve their goals. Um, but yeah, so I think just the, the concept of overloading is, uh, uh, it could be a, a, an area of concern for students. I'll definitely keep that in mind when <laughs> I choose my own classes. Um, you mentioned that like due to overloading, people usually end up struggling a bit with grades. Um, and obviously there are people who overload and they struggle, but there's also people who in general, right, that transition to college classes is different, right? And people, I mean, students struggle with the first time sometimes. What are some reasons that they usually struggle? Not like, not just because like the class is hard, but like, I guess, habits wise. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So apart from maybe the academic difficulties of certain classes, um, uh, like I said earlier, it's kind of like a transitionary period groups for a lot of people or for most students. Uh, so they may be, you know, struggling in, you know, trying to be, you know, self-disciplined because it's the first time, um, maybe uh, for the first time that they're like choosing their schedule and they have to wake up uh, without no one telling them. Because I remember in high school, uh, my mom would just wake all of us up for, high, uh, for uh, school and she would drive us to school versus as a college student, it's kind of like an abrupt change where if you're living on campus and you have a 9 a.m. class or 8 a.m. class, uh, it's up to you to uh, set up your alarm make your own breakfast, um, and walk to class. So there's a lot of chances where, opportunities where students may not you know, want to do that or might experiment in like not going to classes. Uh, and that kind of leads to the other issues because sometimes students don't go to classes and, and feel like they could just cram everything in the end, which sometimes they can and do relatively well, but a lot of students don't have that skill. So they would often do poorly in those classes if they're not attending or not really reading the materials. Um, I think some of it is time management uh, issues as well, where um, students may just choose classes but don't really conceptualize like their time correctly. They might not understand that they might need to study outside of the classroom maybe for four hours a day or two hours a day or whatever. Uh, instead, they might just try to study just right before class and and hope that they learn information. But um, from my experiences, uh, I would have to study quite a bit before classes in order for me to feel comfortable in the material. Uh, so I think those are some of the habits that might make a person or student um, do poorly in classes or in, in, in school. Mm -hmm. It seems like people have trouble transitioning sometimes. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. There's also, uh, one thing I did forget is maybe the homesickness too. Uh, oh. Students, it's the first time that students are away from their parents and away from their comfort zone. And we do see a lot of students that are homesick and there's that kind of like 
anxiety and depression kind of uh, feelings. Uh, so a lot of students are navigating those types of feelings, uh, and that's and that's definitely really hard because especially for students in Berkeley, where Berkeley's really demanding in their academics and not having like an immediate family resource or family consultation is can be hard for students. Uh, plus, we also have a lot of international students where they come from everywhere and they can't, you know, immediately, you know, maybe call their parents because they're in a different time zone or they actually can't physically, uh, you know, drive back because they need a plane ticket to drive back or to travel back. So, yeah, it definitely is difficult for a lot of students. Oh, that makes sense. So, as a former student and as a professional, what is some advice that I can give to students for them to do well in class or like in college generally? Go to class, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds basic, but uh, it's definitely good advice because a lot of students don't go to class. Um, and I didn't do a lot of class attendance, unfortunately, until uh, uh, so the kind of uh, later half where I finally found the value of going to class. Uh, I think. Another good um, advice is going to office hours, definitely, uh, because uh, these are professors or TAs that are, you know, uh, these are times that they offer for, you know, any type of question about classes or anything about, like, getting more involved in research or just any question that a student may have. Um, and, and for them to offer those times, I think is important. If you want to make sure that, um, you know, faculty are talking to students. Because um, for me, I know I kind of sucked at talking to professors because I, I was an introvert and didn't really know what to talk to them about. Uh, but I think uh, talking to them about, you know, hey, I'm not really understanding concept X. Can you help me reconceptualize what this means? Or, hey, I, really, I read your research on your website. I really find it interesting. I'd like to get more involved in your research lab. Uh, so definitely uh, office hours is definitely a thing that students should go to uh, really early on. Um, I think another thing is um, uh, eating healthy. Uh, I guess at uh, college, uh, you're exposed to many more food options. And I think, I think the freshman... 20 or freshman 30 is a freshman 15. <laughs> freshman 15, know. sorry. I'm forgetting the numbers already. <laughs> the freshman 15. Yes, so students do gain some weight in the beginning or gain a lot of weight in my case. Because um, uh, it was the first time where I had, you know, uh, access to uh, the cafeteria at certain times. And, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, at East San Diego, you could just get food a la carte. So I could just eat whatever hamburgers that there were there or eat as many fries and that might be tempting and uh, and i'm not discouraging people to not like, to not do that but to definitely um be mindful of you know the food portions and and just um just nutrition in general because nutrition does play a part in you know your academics because if you're not eating well and not sleeping well most likely you're not may not be doing as well as you can in classes so definitely um eating well and sleeping well Mm, i see i feel like people should definitely keep that in mind yeah um um i i i don't know if this is like a no offense thing but like i hear a lot from 
I guess, rumors. I don't know if it's rumors, but consensus from UC Berkeley that there's a lot of pressure um, and it, like, greatly impacts um, the student's mental health. And, I mean, that's, like, for any college, like, there's a lot of pressure, but I don't know. I hear this specifically a lot from UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, definitely. I think there, as you said, it, it is common in, in, in any college, but I think especially at UC Berkeley because UC Berkeley does have the reputation in being, you know, the top-tier UC, and it's, like, you know, uh, the number one public school. Uh, in the U.S., so there's that pressure as well, and the media kind of plays into it too, because everyone knows what Berkeley is, or at least people who knows about how education knows about UC Berkeley. Um, so there is that kind of um, pressure there. Uh, yeah, mental health is, uh, you know, uh, a stigma in our society right now, uh, but I think it's uh, slowly becoming not a stigma anymore because. Nowadays, I feel like students are more open to seeking out, you know, mental health resources or seeking out counseling. Uh, but yeah, we do see uh, anxiety and depression and uh, sometimes suicide ideation in students um, uh, at these types of universities because they have so much, you know, internal and external pressures from, uh, yeah, from themselves or from family or peers. Um, Especially at Berkeley, where I think the conception, the mis- well, maybe it's a, maybe not a misconception, but um, they feel there's like a lot of competition in classes and it's cutthroat, and you need to rely on the curve for grading. So there's that kind of kind of like high stakes competition, um, which you know sucks because it does definitely uh, play a huge impact on students' mental health, but. Uh, we do encourage when I, when I do see students in in, in a one on one setting, uh, and I, if I feel like there's a concern there, I would have to I have to ask them, hey, have you uh, have you heard of the Tank Center, which is our psychological services center? Uh, hey, have you heard of the Tank Center? Uh, have you sought out mental health? I feel like you have anxiety or whatever. Uh, but most of the time, the students are like, oh yeah, I've been seeing. Uh, uh, a provider there, hey, I'm not really sure what this is about, can you feel a little bit more? But a lot of times students do take it positively, but it might be the first time that someone is telling them, hey, have you thought of uh, uh, seeing someone in the counseling center? So definitely it is uh, a, a big thing in UC Berkeley. Yeah, I mean, I see that in high school too, where they encourage more people to just stop by the guidance counselors. I think that's a very good step forward. Um, so, as we can see, you've had many experiences when it comes to students and their experiences as well. So, what do you think is one advice you can give to incoming college students? One advice to give to incoming college students? Um, let's see, I would say... Um, I think this might be kind of an unorthodox uh, advice, but I would say journal, like journal your experiences, journal how you're feeling, uh, what you're doing, because uh, for me, I I think I would have loved if I journaled my first year and and saw how I grew uh, compared to now. I think that would would have been uh, invaluable. Plus, journaling is kind of a catharsis kind of activity where 
one is just writing things from you know from their mind. So I think journaling your experiences, uh, especially as you enter a new environment, kind of may help with you know reducing some anxiety as you're like writing things down. But it also serves as a future kind of memento uh, for your future self in order to like reflect and maybe laugh on some things that might have been you know so anxiety producing but now five ten years from now it's like not even a thing that you think about anymore so i think journaling is an unorthodox kind of advice but i think it's uh, something that students may appreciate in the future yeah i journal sometimes and it's always fun to look back at how much you've grown <laughs> kind of Definitely. laugh at yourself from before <laughs> yeah I tried to journal. My mom tried to make me journal when I was younger. I just hated writing so much. I have a lot of, like, unfinished journals. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I suck at journaling. I uh, tried to start, then I kind of stopped for a few months, and I started again. And uh, it's not, uh, it's, it's a, I think it's a skill uh, that mm-hmm. needs to be worked on. But, um, but once one has that skill kind of fully fleshed out, then, I think it's a valuable skill. Yeah. And I think it's a great, like, idea to document your college experience because Uh it's helpful to reflect. It's important. It's an important part of your life. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So um, that's it. Thank you for um, answering all these questions about college and more college. (laughs) Um, We really for appreciate sure. well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, Claire, <laughs> I really appreciate it. No problem. Um, well, then that's it. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you in the evening.